Hello, hello. It is Jackson here with a little announcement before today's episode of the Amory Score. Just a quick heads up that we are switching to a bi-weekly release schedule for the show, that is, every two weeks. Uh, there's a very good reason for doing this. Um, currently, the next album, Good Apollo... Uh, hang on. Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, Through Fear, Through the Eyes of Madness. Got it. Bam. Uh, has a comic running and I went and read the first four issues of it, the ones that are out right now, and I, we we can't do that album until those comics are out. So we went through what the best option would be, like, do we just go on a hiatus? Do we release less? Do we do, like, one of the prequels first? Uh, and I ultimately decided that I think every two weeks will give us enough time. We might end up also doing one of the prequels first in order to fit everything in, but that's a bridge we'll cross when we come to it. But it will make the podcast a lot better, and also we'll probably make these episodes a little bit more... Uh, expansive with regards to how much detail we go into the comics bullshit so it'll all work out it'll all work out this episode has no song and it's still like 35 minutes long it's just pure nonsense so please enjoy um, if you're new welcome I guess it's time it's time for the Amory score coming in enjoy it's a good fun good I don't have an, I don't, I don't have Hello, greetings, welcome, welcome to the Amory Score, I am Jackson Tyler, I am joined by Molly. Hi, it's me. Hello, this is the podcast where we go track by track through the songs of Coheed and Cambria in an attempt to understand the bullshit that is the story of the Amory Wars, and we've got our work cut out for us today. Oh boy, oh boy do we. Oh boy do we, so if you listened last week... You uh, will have heard us re-summarise the events of Second Stage Turbine Blade, the first album and comic. And uh, this time we are beginning our trip through In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, which is the second album and comic. Uh, The current last completed comic, technically, there's a good Apollo comic running, but we'll get, whatever, we'll deal with that when we get to it. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um... And uh, this is where we'll do like the between albums, the little recentering on what the band's been doing and what the like personal life changes have been. If there's any big lineup changes and etc., uh, we will do that a lot in the coming, uh, you know, the coming times. But for now, this is only, I believe, a year after uh, Second Stage Turbine Blade. This was released in two thousand and three. Uh, uh, yeah, it's only a year later. It's let's see, uh, about a year and a half later, they released the second yeah. album. Second stage Turbine Blade was February 2002, and this was October yes. 2003. Yes. Uh, so about 18 months or so later. And uh, 
so not much has actually like changed the 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 genre of the music has changed it's like this is a slightly more proggy slightly more emo album because they were they were more in the first album like being like this weird post-hardcore noodly band uh and that changes as they learn to write music (laughs) to say that didn't really work out for them uh it did enough but a lot of a lot of people on the internet who listen to the show have been owning us online about the fact that all the songs suck and the first album and look even though i like a lot of them i i get it i get I it. Underst- listen we the, understand this album is actually good this is an actually really good album uh I've, i have been like promising M that i would explain like the the way it's like this emo album uh in the what that means because to me emo post like fallout boy and panic at the disco and stuff became something that's like defined by this awful irony and uh like self-awareness and that's why i fucking hate it um but this is like a weirdly sincere album for like the actual album itself even though the lyrics are like insane bullshit (laughs) yes um but you know there's bits in songs where it's just this is a sad song where we're thinking about death and that comes through even even though the the actual thing is about a robot, you know. Um, <laughs> so it's like a weird. It's it's like one of the last bits of the legacy of that genre from like the Cure and stuff. And that that's that's all I meant by that. Uh, we were gonna do more. Um, I know I'm talking a lot because we've got a lot to get through, just monologuing through stuff. Yes. We were gonna do a bunch more uh, real world stuff, but that's basically that's basically it. It's been a little bit of time. They've been touring on like the Warp Tour. Uh, so they've got a bigger like awareness in pop punk circles, which led to a bunch of attention, as it always does. Because fucking Warp Tour drama in two thousand and two is maybe the purest <laughs> drama of all, the most drama. Yeah, uh, but I think we should also mention the biggest change, the most important change of all. Uh, is that that nothing makes sense anymore? No. Oh, it's it's what. Which is what's the biggest change, Jackson? In between now. these two albums, our lead singer, our writer of all worlds, Claudio Sanchez, stops dating his high school girlfriend. Ah, yes, I was. You starts, know, I thought about yes. that. I thought it was yeah. it, but I wasn't sure where we were going. This is the introduction of uh, Shandra to the um, like importance of the subject matter of Claudio writing about his relationships. Uh, that went really start to like get big into it until like later albums but this is that that is that is what has happened there are some songs on this album that are like breakup songs for the old relationship uh even though they're actually about murder well, fucking look. i mean that's just how claudio does listen you will understand we'll soon enough you will understand soon enough so okay i've monologued about the context long enough it is time to get into <laughs> the real shit here it's gonna be it's gonna be a little different this album to the last one uh because the the plot of the album has very little bearing on the com on the comic itself and vice versa so we're gonna like break through what happens in the comic and then as part of the song section break through uh what the original like lyrics were implying and hopefully you can get a sense of both of those which means it's going to be probably slightly longer episodes so i guess that's a good thing if yeah. you enjoy the show good Bad for you guys for me, i guess yeah <laughs> as an editor um <laughs> uh and also it might be a little bit more hey it might be a bit more confusing <laughs> wow imagine imagine uh but we'll do our best the the the, the uh, this 
is a little different as the original comic was just written by Claudio and uh, drawn by various artists, seemingly changing every week. Uh, this time we have the the t- return of the writing team who previously worked on like a novel for an album that came out a year before. But this comic is written by everyone's favourite, Claudio Sanchez, with Peter David. So it's time. It's time to do this. How excited are you? I'm very, very excited. Yeah, uh, we're just gonna use. Oh, you go. Because I would. I think we were gonna mention that we both love this album. We love it so much. It's it's my favorite Coheed and Gambry album. It's one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, is it, it probably in my top ten albums of all time? It's definitely my favorite Coheed album. Um, the, this is not the capital C canon answer for most Coheed fans, but it is for me. Yeah. Uh, there's there's the between this one and the next one is generally yes. what you'll hear from people i don't think i've ever heard anybody say the fourth or the first album or anything after that either so these are the uh, two you know they're out there the year of the black rainbow fans they're waiting oh no i i'm not gonna talk to them sorry sorry <laughs> sorry about your taste yeah get fucked chris uh, <laughs> but yes this is um we love this album the the story we don't we don't so much love we don't so much like that but no. it's gonna be m- much more uh, uh reconciling the tensions between those two things as our fucking one of our favorite albums is just destroyed before our eyes <laughs> so by sad. claudio and peter david i can't uh, believe they're doing this to us so many years later this first episode is the song is just the intro song that you heard at the start the like orchestral thing that's because most albums have that but because there's so much story bullshit we we have to dedicate that song to a plot so there's not going to be like us breaking down a song but we've got a bunch of plot to get through as we like give the basic setup of of the situation shall we should we ruin our lives let's do it Jackson did read off the first page, um, and it's Nuo in her in her room answering the phone, brushing her hair. Um, so her phone rings. She picks it up, says hello, and nobody replies back, uh, and she hangs it back up. And we soon see that outside Nuo's apartment, ten years later, uh, Claudio is just hanging out with his cell phone, calling Nuo. Not his cell phone. Well, I mean, his, like, his space cell phone. hologram. <laughs> yes. C- calling her, like, real 1990s-looking caudal phone. She's got, like, a... R- <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's just, like, the first wireless phone in her yeah. room. Uh, and Claudio has the advanced tech here. Um, but he's hanging out in her backyard uh, when he is approached by Apollo. 
Uh, and the line at the end of this song that you hear... is hello apollo where should i begin which is the literal line because claudio is about to tell this dog a very long story this entire comic and this entire album uh is a um frame story through the context of him telling the story to a dog to a dog who was who so two important things one the next line is him asking how old apollo is so that that has been covered (laughs) He's pushing a hundred dog years, or in people years, excuse me. Yeah. Um, he is also no longer a Dalmatian. No, he's not a Dalmatian anymore. Now he's, I don't even know. He's a dog. He's a dog. I don't know enough about dogs. I don't know anything it, about dogs. It's greyhoundish. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't think it's greyhoundish. My dog ignorance it's, is showing. Um, yeah. Not, oh God. Nope, lost it. Forget it. It's a, it's a dog. So, <laughs> this is the analysis you come here for. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're not very good at animal googling. <laughs> anyway, so, um, before Claudio does some introspection about what dogs do or do not know about the world, uh, we get a little bit of recap about what uh, Heaven's Fence is. Now, 69 planets held together by the cube. <laughs> Nice, 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 nice. What's that? I want to believe that was intentional. I, no. I really want to believe that he was like, okay, there's 78 to start. We're gonna knock nine out, and we're gonna have 69 planets left. Nice, nice. Uh, so they refer to this other solar system that is our solar system a couple times, but nothing really comes of it yet. Uh, don't worry too much about it. Just know that it's there. He's so he's talking to to Apollo because he's too scared. He's too scared to talk to Neo. The first page has like him saying, uh. Like oh, I, I, if I if I talk to her, she'll she'll like she'll want to talk to me and be like oh let's make up for lost time. But he's he's too much of a coward to talk to her. So instead, he talks to her dog, um, <laughs> as one does, and starts expositing to the dog and says like, "How much do you really know, Apollo? How much of our world do you understand, you dog? Do dogs know of heaven fence? <laughs> it's so, it is so much. It's so much. And while he's in the middle of expositing to the dog." Someone else starts talking and says, you're going to blame it on us, aren't you? And we pan behind Claudio. And who could be standing there? Who is it? It's the ghost of Coheed. The ghost of Coheed in his head. It's his ghost dad. He's talking to his ghost dad in his head. (laughs) Uh, It's not even in his head. He's talking to his ghost dad out loud uh, because he sees his ghost dad (laughs) behind him because that becomes a plot point. And for some reason, Nuo doesn't, like, come outside and go, is that my ex-boyfriend yelling at his ghost dad in my yard? Because he's screaming a lot of cusses at his dad. <laughs> like, a lot. And to be f- this is maybe Claudio at his most relatable, because yeah. this is what he says. All the mistakes you made, all the blood on your hands, you destroyed our family, my brother, sister's dead because of you, and then uh, he's like, and there's no coming back from that. So Claudio is just like, you're damned right! Yeah! I just, hope you, you burn in hell, you family. son of a bitch! You fucking idiot. And so at least we... <laughs> no! And Cody goes, good. but they tricked me. <laughs> what does he say that? Is that the next page? Oh, he says it at some point. Uh, he says Oh, it. yes. You have you have to understand, Claudio. We were tricked. Yes! He says that, like, in this conversation. 
And Claudio is like, fuck you. You killed all of us. Get out of here. Get out of sight. You killed my my whole family and also you almost blew up the universe. Fuck off. You guys got tricked really easily. And Claudio, I get it, my man. I'd be mad at him too. <laughs> we, we He's fictional and we're all mad at him. We're very mad at him. And then his dad disappears because he's only in his head. Yes. And so to explain what just happened, he sits the dog down <laughs> and and says one of the greatest lines ever conceived in fiction. You remember my dad, Apollo. Coheed. One half of Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I have no idea how we got here, but it's so beautiful. We're only like seven pages in at this This point. is the very beginning of the comic. Um, This is how we start, yes. So, uh, Claudio uh, begins to talk about Jesse. Um, We flash back to the actual story Yes, and Claudio mentions that when he used the labs in his battleship, the Grail Arbor, to create his, air quotes, children. So, we cut over to Jesse. Uh, who then immediately declares, uh, these are not my children, Doctor. <laughs> uh, so, Jesse is making new iRobots, which are uh, what he and Coheed and Cambria are. They are, yes. it's basically, it's basically just androids. Uh, humanoid with machine parts that can do really crazy shit. Uh, so, they're, it's, they're basically it's, it's like- creating superheroes, kind of? Yeah, it's like X-Men androids. Because if you remember Claudio's gun arm... Fuck. (laughs) If you remember Coheed's gun arm in the first book uh, and Cambria's, like, mind powers, uh, all of the iRobots will have their own special gift of some indetermined kind, even though they're, like, clones of him, but whatever. He's growing new iRobots, so we're having a new, like, army of magic gun arm boys and girls. Except they won't have gun arms, they'll have their own things. Right. Um, And Jesse, they're using his DNA specifically to create them. Uh, so everybody but him refers to them as his children, uh, which I guess is something to know, really, because it's going to keep coming up. Um, so what happens is uh, Jesse lets all of them grow up. They're getting, like, growth hormones uh, to make them adults, even though they're, like, the age of 10. Uh, so they'll be, they'll be fully grown by then. And this is at the beginning because this is what we see at the beginning of um, second stage, right? Yes. This so is he's, like the... he started this project a while ago. I think the implication is that the, immediately after second stage, he starts growing these, uh, knowing that in 10 years they will be ready to fight for him. And so we open up 10 years later with these grown, except we have one decision, an insane decision he makes, yes. where one of these iRobots the girl will not have the growth hormone so even though she'll have the same like mind powers and she'll be the same as all the other ones but instead of being an adult she'll just be a 10 year old child she'll be an adult in a child's body it specifically says that uh gross Uh... hey hey claudio sanchez lead singer of coheed and cambria my man what are you doing up there what the actual fuck? Why did you decide shit? to do this one, huh? Just curious. <laughs> so that's going to go places. That'll be a thing. Um, Jesse doesn't really give a specific reason to do it. He just tells the doctor to do it, and we don't really get a reason right now. I don't know if there's one later, either. It just happens. Um, he, It could just be really like... It's weird, because some... there's like... 
there's like a panel of him being told they'll be fully adults and then he's like looking at the girl and he's like you can't do that i need i don't treat the girl i need a, a sample yeah for, for a control group and it's the creepiest thing because it sounds like he's just making up an excuse because he wants a child and i'm like uh it's, uh, it's also very eject. weird. <laughs> it's also very weird because it looks like he's having some kind of revelation at this moment i i don't know what they're trying to imply besides what you said which is bad I mean, like, my assumption is they're implying that he, like, there is something greater that realizes this has to be this way, because, hey, heads up for the future of this book, this girl's gonna be special. This girl is gonna be the special girl. Right, it's some cosmic uh, destiny shit, right? Yeah. And, anyway, so that, that scene happens, yeah. and he leaves He leaves the room, and we see one of the, the prize waiting there, who's called Andrea. The prize are the uh, blue space wives who protect uh, the, the fence and protect heaven's fence from like any kind of um, interference in God's will. Uh, and so they all had to sa- most of them had to sacrifice themselves at the end of the last comic for the good of the keywork. And the prize that are left are either Ambelina, who we last saw. Uh, with Nuo at the end of the last comic and we'll get to her later or there's like a few of them like half a dozen of them hanging out on the Grail Arbor which is uh, Jesse's ship and um, so uh, they're like wait this is the resistance basically waiting for its time to reveal itself that's who it is it's Jesse his grown soldier children uh, and the few blue wives left with their power right so that's that's what's going on with Jesse. He is hanging out. He's growing kids. He's chilling with the prize. Uh, and they're talking about how uh, the prize, Andrea, mentions that Ryan will rise again. It's inevitable. Uh, and they have to be ready to stand against it. Um, and it, it appears like at this exact point, like the prize are still pretty weak from their uh, space wife sacrifice. Uh, so they're like passing out in the hallways from walking around. It's pretty weird because... He's like, oh, I'm space wife, and I faint now. Right, and then like, like this Jesse motorcycle catches dad her. catches. Her. <laughs> yeah, he still, I, like I said, he still looks like he belongs in Metalocalypse. That's just Jesse's design <laughs> is does. so bad. Oh. Um, and yeah, we mentioned last time, but they change artists for this uh comic, and everybody except for the girls look really gross. The girls look gross. They're just, they're just way less lines in them. Everyone looks gross, but they can't make the girls look gross in the same way because they're, you know, they're, they're beautiful yeah, women. Dainty, who must protect. Yeah, feminine. You gotta have them. Um. So we cut back over to Claudio, uh, and we're gonna talk about his backstory and what he's been doing since then. Uh, in a way. I just want to quickly mention the panel in like because every so often it goes to like a page or two uh, back in the in the garden as he's telling the story to the dog, uh, and one of the panels here is I'm sorry I'm doing a lousy job of this Apollo jumping all over the place like thanks <laughs> it do- it's still bad writing if you acknowledge the bad writing I'm just saying <laughs> we can't forgive you sorry yeah uh, uh, so we find out that Claudio uh, somehow. I think I don't know if this is a planet name or a city name. I it's a, it's a, he's on Shiloh's ten. Is he still on Shiloh's ten for real? He has never left Shiloh's ten. He is in a city called Goddardam. Goddardam, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, but he's been hiding for all this time, uh, and we see him walking through the streets. It's like super super crowded. Uh, lots of gross people there, um, and he's he's been scrounging. Uh, and he explains some of his powers that he's had. Uh, which uh, include, but are not limited to, uh, raising the dead, if only for a little while, 
uh, move, which I'm just going to contend with. I think had she not been murdered again, Josephine would have been fine. Just saying. <laughs> I don't, does she actually get murdered again? I think yes, she might she just murdered again out. by the okay. priest. Okay. Um, yes. Well, he uh, he can also move through solid objects. Um, and we saw last issue that he could also get like super strong at a point. And it looks like he can also interact with physical objects while he's invisible. Uh, he has like the he's like gaining Kitty Pride control and can use phasing in and out of reality at certain points of his body to like fuck with things. I don't know. He's got special boy powers. They're very ill defined and will only continue to get more ill defined. It's just gonna yeah, we're because we're gonna introduce like two more in a second. Um, and tragically, because of the change in like the times, this comic came out in two thousand eleven. Uh, we have a writing style change where all the narration is delivered by Claudio in like reverse. So we get lines like when he's introducing Ryan, Wilhelm, Wilhelm Ryan, who was more deserving of an ass kicking than any single being in the history of creation. Uh, Hey, I don't know what you're complaining about. That line's amazing. Uh, no, because in the first book, it would have been like Wilhelm Ryan, who sits upon his throne and claims himself the God of all. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> I mean, Yes. <laughs> Like there's a different like this whole thing is in like Claudio's snotty voice, uh, and it sucks. It sucks. Yeah, it's you're not wrong. It does suck. It. And then we get the one, the lone bit of actual action in this comic, as everything is set up, uh, and we finally get the moment that Claudio, after these years of never speaking to anyone, question mark, they play it vague in this one because apparently you can't actually keep that up. Yeah, it, they. But, they kind of refer to him, like, finding bodies the Red Army uh, dumps, and he, like, takes the valuables and then sells the corpses. Uh, so he has to be talking to someone to do that, I think. But uh, he is walking through the streets, and he has finished selling off one of those bodies, uh, and he sees a man abusing his daughter off in the distance, um, who is basically just, like, making her beg for him and then bring him home the money. I want to comment on his design as a thing that no one but, like, me and two people will laugh at, but he's like a human version of Dexter Jetster, the alien from Attack of the Clones. This man. I... <laughs> he's got... <laughs> You're right, no, it's you and one other person. <laughs> it's... <laughs> But I will find that really funny. So if you also appreciate fucking Attack of the Clones, I'll go look at the, the panels for this comic and you'll be like, God damn. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Claudio sees this uh, and the little girl just reminds him of Maria, uh, his sister that Coheed killed. And Claudio decides he's going to intervene. So he walks up and tells the guy to leave her alone. The other guy shoots uh, and Claudio activates his special boy powers to let the bullet go through him. And then he, like, slams the dude against a wall. And then the girl starts begging for Claudio not to kill her dad, which is fair. Um, and <laughs> he replies, she begs for the life of someone who doesn't care about her. Which is a reply and not a narration, by the way. <laughs> yes, that is, that is a, that's a thing that Claudio says to her. Uh, so after Claudio makes fun of a little girl for asking uh, him not to kill her dad, yep. um, Claudio uh, unveils his new power, which is overriding someone's memories and making them do what he says. Uh, so Claudio tells this man that he will now cherish this child above anything else. 
you're not going to be satisfied with life here, and you're going to do your best to get out of here and be a father to this child. Uh, and he says, get it, and the guy replies, got it. And I only realized that this was a brain thing, because Claudio's eyes turn stark white, and so do the other guys. So he's doing brain stuff to this man. The first time this happened, I thought this was like a fight club situation of like beating someone up to be like, you're going to live the best life you can live. I'm going to make it. But no, it's a it's a special boy brain wipe. It's a special boy um, brain wipe powers because and, yeah. after this, he kneels down to the little girl next to him. I think I think we need to. Do you want to be the little girl? I'll be Claudio. I think oh, we need boy, to. OK, d- d- we, I think. Yes, this is profoundly stupid. This is in three panels as he kneels down to the little girl and says, do I need to erase your memory of this moment? Because no one can know what you've seen. Oh, please don't. I want to remember it and give thanks to you every night before I go to sleep. I've never met an angel before. You still haven't. Trust me, there are no angels. Not anymore. Hey, could you chill yes! for like one this minute? Is dumb. <laughs> Claudio! You, sh- you can't do this to young people! I want to remember it and give thanks to you every night before I go so, to sleep. So Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? Like, <laughs> oh. So unbelievably stupid. This has two writers. Yes, this has two writers. They both went, yeah, that's good. That's, that's that good shit. And then we end this issue and we end this episode on one final image as he realizes that like or he doesn't realize but him in the future tells us the dramatic irony that him using his powers means that he has been spotted he the forces are in motion and we have a shot of ambelina uh landing on a building above him and then also the leg of an onstantine priest chasing him <laughs> no it's the whole onstantine priest it's the whole What's ugly the man but it's just tiny now well, this one is like a big worm monster with arms and legs. It's pretty big once we actually get to the fight scenes. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't, it just looks like a it weird... It looks very strange in this shot. I will grant you that. Um, I also want to note that because Ambelina is a character modeled after Chandra, she has now grown very long blonde hair and her outfit is even more fucky than it was before. Oh, it's because yes, yeah, she was she was bald in the last comic. Yeah, she was bald in the last comic, and you could throw the excuse out that she hasn't like cut her hair in ten years. But this is the Chandra Escher insert character. Well, no, she she's she's bald. She's bald for a reason. Oh yes, we have, no, we, I know that we never we never got to. We'll we'll we'll, we'll do her backstory later. There's this very specific point where it will yes, happen. Yes, there's a very specific part where we're going to talk about her backstory. But yeah, she has all that going on for her because she's uh, his his wife insert. So, uh, just something to keep in mind that Ambelina is, uh, Chandra and Claudio is Claudio. Just that, that, that one's pretty nice. That one's pretty, yeah, that one's, that was pretty easy, but I want to make sure everybody's got it. Uh, in terms of her outfit, if you're not looking at the panels, it's kind of amazing because she's basically got a full bodysuit except there's like a really tiny thigh insert, like the, (laughs) the, the, the trousers, and the body part, like the leotard, battle leotard she's wearing, are separate. So it just results in like a, I mean, like a little line of the blue leg. And you're like, Claudio, what the fuck? It's like hey, she's wearing extremely high boots, like boots that go up to the <laughs> joint between her hip and her leg. And then it's cut open because she's got the leotard thing going on. And then there's just like her hips are showing. It's so bizarre. There's a shot. Uh, there's like a panel later on where she is. Uh, 
balancing in like reverse Sam Fisher pose between two buildings, and you'll see why they made this choice. Oh, it's it's way yeah, too it fucking is a lot. God. But for now, that is that's the basic setup of in keeping secrets of Silent Earth three. Yeah, so that's that's what you need to know before we really get into the shit next episode. And boy, yes. are we gonna get into some shit. I can't believe I have to edit one of these every single week. I'm so sorry. <sighs> I hope you enjoy I hope you feel as much dread for what is coming in the next couple weeks as I do. Cause uh, there's Boy! Some bullshit. We're only going to ruin our favorite album. That's all that we can possibly have happen. Look, the songs we are featuring are fucking bangers. Yeah, this so entire look, be album. Look out for bangers. It's gonna be good, folks. Uh, the plot is not, but the songs are very good. Yes. So, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Molly, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at your friend Molly with a Y-E-R on Twitter. You can find me over on AudioEntropy.com where I record a bunch of other podcasts. You can also find me on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Molly Rhinebeck. The link is on my Twitter for easy access. Nice. You can find me uh, at Headfuls Off on Twitter. You can find the other Abnormal Mapping podcasts. Uh, one is called uh, Second Officer Slug. It is a Star Trek podcast. That is at the... Uh, that is at Star Trek Podcast.space. You have Admiral <clears throat> Mapping. That is a game club. That is at thebestgame.club. We got some real good you URLs. Got some good URLs. Well, yeah, we, we, we did a thing. Uh, and uh, GoofZone is at Goof.Zone. That is a mental health podcast. Uh, if you want to support the Abnormal Mapping shows and the work we do, it is at patreon.com slash Abnormal Mapping. So thank you very much for listening. Ooh, take a deep breath. Come back next week because... It's about to get extremely real. Thanks, everyone, for being our Apollo.